anything with him when he's not punching people in the face tends to be bad. Are you telling me Sylvester Stallone doesn't punch anyone in the face in Tulsa? Oh, he does. And it's wonderful. Okay. Oh, I see. It's, All right. It's, okay. It's, that's how you know it's good. because if Oh, you, the good ones are yeah. the ones where he punches people. Yes, exactly. Okay. I understand. Right. That's the barometer. Smashing Security, Episode 305, Norton Unlocked, and Police Leaks, without Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, Episode 305. My name's Graham Cluley. And I'm BJ Mendelson. What? Hang on, what? What, what do you mean? <laughs> what, where's Carol? Where's Carol gone? What you, what's all this about? BJ, welcome back to the show, obviously. Yeah. But uh, the, the audience want Carol Terrio. Yes, they do. What have you done with her? I'm a I'm a poor I'm a poor substitute uh, for for all the wonderful things that she does on this show. Um, oh. but, uh, but I'll do my best. So I should explain to the listeners: Carol, unfortunately, is laid up in her sick bed with ailments, which I could describe to you, but frankly, I don't want to put you off your dinner. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Maybe I'll let her fill in the gaps if she returns to the show next week, and if she's in a healthy way. I, I hope she. I hope she gets better. Obviously, yeah. No, we, we, I'm always happy to come back. Though, <laughs> well, this could be your audition piece, speech, and maybe <laughs> we don't right. need Carol anymore. You know, maybe we don't. Well, I mean, the stupid sexy privacy is only 24 episodes, so there's always there's always room in oh, schedule. You're a pro, so you've already plugged. Yes, yes your I have. own endeavor. Tell us more. <laughs> stupid, sexy privacy. Uh, so, like the Simpsons joke, stupid, sexy Flanders. Uh, <laughs> because I I know my audience well, right, and I know that they will get and appreciate the Simpsons reference. <laughs> so, and what is stupid, sexy privacy or privacy about? Yeah, we just wanted to make this stuff as simple as possible. So, for example, why you should use a YubiKey and where to get one. Like, these are things that, you know, people listening to the show, if you don't have a YubiKey, I'd be shocked, right? Are are some kind of hardware authentication token. But there is a severe knowledge gap, particularly in the United States, about um, securing your data and how to protect it and how to keep private. So, we wanted to make it as stupid and as simple as possible so that anybody listening could do it. (laughs) Including me. <laughs> well, I'm stupid and simple, and I've been enjoying the episodes which I've listened to. So <laughs> well, thank it, you. it's working in that regard. But before we kick off, let's thank this week's sponsors, Bitwarden, Manage Engine, and DigiCert. Their support helps us give you folks the show for free. Now, coming up on today's show, this is the bit Carol normally does. Coming up on today's show, Graham, what have you got? Oh, thank you for asking, Crow. Um, I'm going to be talking about a police raid, which could have gone very wrong. Like every police raid. <laughs> BJ, what are you going to talk to us about? Uh, I'm going to talk about a, a company getting hoisted on its own petard. Well, all this and much more coming up on this episode of Smashing Security. Now, chums, chums. Uh, let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story about the police. Uh, police in America. Oh, I really don't like where this is going. Well, because <laughs> it's in America. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you said police in America. And immediately a warning light started flashing oh. over my head. 
Police in many countries do get a bit of a bad. I mean, are there? I'm sure there are nice police people out there. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of bad stuff out there as well, isn't there? Unfortunately, I look at you know, my dad was a teacher for about forty years, and you know, there are terrific teachers, and then there are god awful teachers that you will hate for the rest of your life. Uh, and being a police officer, it's it sort of has that dichotomy. Just here in the United States, they seem to be more on the bad side than the good side. Well, this is not a story about police being awful. This is a story about how police in Southern California last September arrested more than 600 suspected sex offenders. Wow. Yeah, it was one of the largest raids there'd been in years. It involved over 64 agencies, an operation called Protect the Innocent. And it was specifically targeting people who were involved in possession, distribution, uh, creation of child sexual abuse material. So obviously, we want those bad guys rounded up. Right. Let me let me ask you though. Like, yeah. could they have come up with a better name? Well, <laughs> right. Like, because this sounds like an issue of Batman more than it does like a serious police matter where six hundred people were were arrested. You know, protect the innocent. Uh, okay. Um, I think I saw that in theaters. What phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that? <laughs> Well, it could be something like that, couldn't it? Yes, it could be a Avengers Protect the Innocent, or yes. <laughs> That's right. It was, I know. I mean, it must be difficult for the police to come up with new code names all the time for their operations. I don't know how they... I mean, we have a hard enough time naming our hurricanes, don't we? Without, yeah, that's, uh, that's right. Well, we're running out of names in the English dictionary uh, for them. Anyway, it must be complicated to manage and coordinate a multi-agency raid involving 64 agencies. Can you imagine the Zoom calls? It's hard enough, as we found today, getting three people to show up (laughs) for the podcast, let alone people from different law enforcement agencies and police departments getting everyone lined up, and this is what we're going to do, and this is when we're going to knock on the door and you know, make sure that we all do it at the right time and we've got all the information we need. So it's no surprise that the authorities like to use tech. They like to use technology to share information before a raid and help yes. coordinate. I have to say, though, that there there is a non-zero chance that someone joined that <laughs> Zoom call like, like in, in their pajamas, right? Or at least from the bed. I like to think that policemen actually wear police pajamas as well. Yes, yes. Okay. Yo, Paw Patrol is huge with the kids. Uh, so I could, I could easily see some Paw Patrol wearing uh, officers that joined the Zoom call. So, according to the journalist at Wired magazine, the LA police did use technology. They used an app. In fact, they used, I don't quite understand this, they used a free trial of an app. Um, (laughs) Were were they not prepared to pay the 99 cents in the app store? I don't know. But anyway, they they used a free trial (laughs) of an app called Sweep Wizard. So, yes, there are wizards. Sorry, not, well, obviously there are wizards. There are. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there well, are. I mean, there could be there could be wizards involved. They're notoriously slow, though. It's there are apps out there which help you, or at least help the police organize raids uh, to round up the bad guys. Right? So there's often. Huh. I doubt they sell for ninety nine cents, but uh, <laughs> well, maybe maybe you have to buy a subscription. I don't know. Depending on how many agencies are involved. Anyway, the raids last September were a big success. They arrested hundreds of people, including over 100 for possession, distribution, and I say manufacture of child sexual abuse material. They contacted over 500 targets. You know, they, they, there was a lot which they, they did with this. And so, you know, that's all good news, right? These right. people have been rounded up. They're going to be questioned. 
hopefully, if they're guilty, they'll be brought to justice. Blah 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 blah. Let me blah, let, blah. let me ask you real quick. What so? <clears throat> 99 cents in the app store for the premium version of sweep wizard do they do the arrests for them <laughs> that's right maybe you have to maybe it's downloadable content maybe it's an add-on <laughs> that's, that's if right. you want that to happen as well i'm not sure that's maybe when the real wizards actually get involved exactly with sweep wizard exactly so what the cops didn't know however was that this sweep wizard app which they were trying out and they'd been relying upon wasn't perhaps quite as good as they might have hoped. Oh, no. Because it was leaking confidential information about the raid to anybody on the internet. No password required. All you had to do to find out information about the raid was simply visit a specific URL on the Sweep Wizard website. It didn't authenticate. It didn't ask for a password. Nothing at all. Oh, wow. I, I just, I, you know, like, I, I wish that there was a video component just so you could see the lack of surprise on my face. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll tweet one later. We'll get a screen grab of you, of you uh, looking shocked. Um, oh, geez. So if you went to one of these URLs, you could find out private information about the suspects, as well as sensitive details that maybe in the wrong hands could tip off the suspects as to when exactly their house was going to be raided. <laughs> And also, it would obviously cast suspicion on people who hadn't yet yes. been convicted of anything, because anyone could go there and say, "Oh, Bob down the road is right. obviously a wrong one," because yeah. he's been he's he's been rounded up by the cops. <laughs> so the Sweep Wizard app is built by a company called, unpretentiously, Odin Intelligence. Now wait, isn't isn't Odin the name of? <laughs> the security agency that's a rival to ISIS and not Cartoon Archer? Oh, I've never seen Archer. Oh, okay. Archer is terrific, but I could swear Odin is the the name of the inept security company that they're always competing with. So that's kind of perfect here. Oh, so so it's an incompetent uh, organization, (laughs) is it, in Archer? I didn't know. Okay. I'm going to have to watch it. Now, Sweep Wizard didn't just leak information about the Protect the Innocent raid, which happened last September. It had also been leaking confidential details from about 200 other raids Uh. that dozens of departments have organized over multiple years. So if you went to these URLs, you could find out details about the police officers, hundreds of them, thousands of suspects, the locations of suspects' homes, the time and location of raids, their contact information, sometimes even even the suspects' social security numbers. Wow. So... uh, as if someone wasn't having a bad enough day that they were being raided by the cops, you could also defraud them in other ways. Well. <laughs> that, that, that's right. Maybe they deserved it. Maybe they're guilty. But we don't know that yet, right? We yes. have to assume that they're innocent. Yes, that's that's always the case. <laughs> yeah, right. So in all, it looks like it exposed over 5,700 suspects. In some oh, instances, man. it included their height, their weight, their eye colour, and even whether they were homeless or not. Let me, let me ask you, really, so, so the information that's in the app, uh, Mm. Right. So the, this information is from, I'm assuming, across all 64 yeah. uh, agencies. So uh, we would think, right, that they were pretty sure on who they were, who they were targeting in this. We think. I, I suppose so, but I think I think it's anyone who they just wanted to bring in for questioning. I'm mean, sure some of them they were pretty certain these are people who we've got lots of evidence on, but others may simply have been well. We think he seems to be associated with these guys. Maybe we should bring him in and have a little bit of a chat right. and oh. uh, see if there's more to come. But all of this information 
wasn't being protected. It was being understandably exchanged with the other agencies. That's right. But it was just sitting on a cloud drive somewhere. <laughs> Did you ever see Zero Dark Thirty? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, and basically, the there's like paperwork that got lost for f- 15 years or whatever, and they just fished it out. And they're like, oh, that's where Bin Laden's been this whole time. <laughs> like, like, that, that sort of reminds me of this, right? Where it's like, well, I guess there's 5,700 suspects. We're not really sure, but, you know, maybe. And all of this was because of a simple misconfiguration in the app. So the app, it appears, wasn't properly testing whether the users were authenticated or not. There was no authentication check, which meant that anyone could go to this URL and find all this information. Now, the police knew nothing about this problem until Wired magazine contacted them. And obviously, the cops said they were concerned about this revelation. Uh, And they said specifically, we don't want people to know when and if we're coming to get them. Which, okay, wait. Uh, is that kind of defeats the purpose of police sirens, doesn't it? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, BJ, I don't know if you've ever been the subject of a surprise raid. But <laughs> oh, not yet. <laughs> I suspect it may happen in any moment. Now you may get swatted while you're on the podcast. <laughs> but I suspect true. they aren't playing the sirens if they're trying to actually catch you. Oh, maybe if you're in a car chase, <laughs> they would. You're giving the LAPD too much credit. Am I? <laughs> I think. Well, they have since suspended the use of the app, so they're no longer using Sweep Wizard. You know, I don't think they are primarily to blame for this. I I think the people we should be complaining about are Odin Intelligence, who appear to be as incompetent as their fictional um, (laughs) (laughs) existence on Archer. So they declined to be interviewed by Wired, but they said in a statement, and this reassured me a great deal, actually, (laughs) when they said this. I thought, oh, well, that's fair enough then. They said that they take security very seriously. (laughs) Um, unquote. And I thought, oh, finally, a company which says they take security very seriously. That's that's all right, then. That's all fixed. Um, (laughs) They they also said that they'd been unable to reproduce the problem which Wired had reported on. Uh, But, of course, (laughs) their website's no longer accessible. Their app has been removed from the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. And uh, it actually turns out that Odin Intelligence have got other problems because just a day or two after this Wired story came out, its website was defaced with some rather abusive ASCII art. Um, So some hackers got in and they said that all cyber cops are bastards. It's a (laughs) bit, bit mean of them, I think. But obviously Odin Intelligence aren't being that smart when it comes to their own security. Well, I mean, like, you know, it's funny because Odin is supposed to be the the one that sees everything, right? Right. <laughs> right. So they should have seen this coming. <laughs> was Anthony? Is it uh, is Anthony Hopkins Odin in those Thor movies? Oh is, yes, yes, he he's is. Odin, right? Well, they yes. are Anthony Hopkins. Oh, Anthony Hopkins, oh, lovely. I, um, I just have to say, Anthony Hopkins <laughs> seems to be at the stage of his career where he'll do anything for money. Totally. So, so I feel like he, he, he could have easily reassured everybody in this story by speaking with Wired and saying, oh, yeah, we take this very seriously. Because who's going to question Anthony Hopkins? That's a good point, actually. They could have got him on the answering machine to say, oh, don't no, right. worry about here, boyo. Um, that's meant to be a Welsh accent. I know he's American now, but never mind. <laughs> the Welsh accent is notoriously hard. It is. Uh, it's, it's, it's beautiful, but it's notoriously hard to reproduce. It's a very dangerous... <laughs> path to tread can i tell you Uh, i don't know if i told this story before because it's been it's been a while since i've been on the show um but i remember my first time 
going to United Kingdom and passing through Heathrow. And I was going to Wales and I had to explain to the customs and immigration mm. person I had, that I had no idea what these letters meant because it was all, it was all in Welsh with the Welsh spelling and the Welsh letter. Oh, yeah. Lots of double L's and <laughs> he's, everywhere. Yes. And so he just looks at me and goes, you're going to Wales. I'm like, yes. And he's like, all right, you're fine. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> BJ, what story have you got for us this week? Yes, so this this requires um, some time travel to go back. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if they were big in the UK, but in the early two thousands and even the early tens, I guess is what we're calling the, the previous decade. Uh, there was a company called LifeLock. Yes, and the gentleman who ran LifeLock would drive across America with his social security number on the side of a truck. <laughs> Uh, and then they would make these ridiculous claims, like, "Oh yeah, you know, I've I've never ha- I've never been the victim of identity theft," and of course, it turns out that he's had his identity stolen like thirteen times. So that yes, that's the company yes. that, that we're revisiting in today's story. Except in that time, I, I guess through a complicated series of purchases and ownership changes, uh, it's now called Norton LifeLock. Yeah. And so Norton, for reasons known only to them and God, uh, if you choose to believe that God exists, they have decided to continue offering this, this LifeLock software. And so there was a pretty serious security breach that, that just went down. We still don't know how big and how complicated this is. It's sort of like the last pass thing, uh, mm. wh- where they did their best to kind of obscure how bad the situation was. But what was funny to me about this story is that the same service they sell to, you know, promoting and enabling two-factor authentication is the same service that could have stopped this attack in the first place. Right. There was a, you know, a credential stuffing attack. You know, people were basically just copying and pasting information that had been previously leaked. Uh, and Norton LifeLock, wouldn't you know it, were not exercising good security hygiene uh, and using strong passwords. And so someone had uh, reused the password that had been previously leaked and all hell broke loose. And so now they are dealing with the situation. And th- here's the kicker to it. Uh, the, the solution that the company is offering, you'll, you'll never guess what it is. <laughs> what, 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 what are they offering? What it's, are they offering? The, it's to use their service. Ah, right. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, um, the reason why I picked this story is because the thing I keep hearing, and I, I, you know, I'd love to hear your take on this. The thing I keep hearing consistently from security professionals is that like 90% of these hacks and data breaches, if it's not caused by a pissed off employee, it's usually because of poor security hygiene, right? Like it's usually reusing passwords. And- yeah. It's normally a, a, either a dumb password choice or more commonly, password reuse and that seems to be what happened yes. in the norton lifelock situation is yes. that like as you said a whole bunch of usernames and passwords were stolen from who knows where some other site not from norton lifelock and then they were used to try and unlock accounts at norton lifelock and for those users who hadn't enabled multi-factor authentication obviously those credentials were enough to get them in so my question is why wasn't norton lifelock enabling two-factor authentication by default right surely that would have if if norton lifelock is storing really sensitive information including people's passwords then you need an additional level of protection than just a dumb password to protect (laughs) that account i i'm I'm convinced that most of these companies and um 
this is a great advertisement for for Bitwarden <laughs> and some of the other like who they're pretty good. They got a good reputation. Yeah. Uh, but then I look at something like Norton, who should know better, right? And has been around forever. Uh, I'm convinced that it's just at this point they're cashing checks. <laughs> they're not really taking this stuff seriously. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is with the Norton name, Norton has been around for 30-odd years, Yeah, uh, you know, in, in different forms. But, of course, it's no longer Peter Norton with his crossed arms yes. who's running the company. That that brand name has been sold on and on and on from different companies and different organisations, and it's now part of this big security conglomerate, the the, the Overarching parent company is called Gen Digital, and they also own uh, a Vast and a Vera, I think, and Sea Cleaner as well as Norton. Um, it, you know, it, there may be some very smart people working there, but there's yes. probably resistance from inside maybe the product team or the marketing team saying, "Well, yes, of course, it would make sense to make two-factor authentication mandatory." But it's going to really piss off our customers because it's going to be a nuisance. They're going to say, "Oh well, why? Why do I have to type this six-digit number in? Or why? You know, why do I have to do this? It's suddenly become more difficult to use." And there's always that battle, isn't there, between ease of use and security? And it feels like, on this case, the people arguing for it should be easier won to the detriment of securing those accounts. Absolutely. To me, it's just sort of mind-boggling too because this is the thing you sell. Right, like this is this is the service you sell, yeah. it, it, and to, for you to not be using it tells me not to use your product. Yeah, like I can't yeah. think of a more clear. This is true of any tech company, right? Like if they're not using their own product in house, you should avoid them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I I'm probably not feeling quite as. I don't want to beat them up quite as much as maybe you do <laughs> on this. I mean, I, I think this isn't as catastrophic as what we saw at last pass, Yes, yes, that's right. Um, that's true. Where they were breached uh, and there were design issues in how LastPass had done it. And maybe they were warned years ago about some of the problems which they experienced. In the case of Norton LifeLock, it does feel like maybe they could have gone a few extra steps to better protect their customer base from what was, as you said, a credential stuffing attack. There was someone else who got hacked, not them, which led to this happening. Yes. And these are, these credentials being flung at their login pages. But they could have done rate limiting. They could have looked for suspicious behavior. You know, when you're protecting passwords, you've really got to go the extra mile, I think. Absolutely. And, and yo, the reason why stupid sexy privacy exists in the first place is that mm. people... People don't want to think about this stuff. They, they just want to know that they're secure. And, and so it's to me partly the responsibility of these companies to take that extra step for people. Yes. Cause, cause I think yeah. that privacy and security is, is complicated. Right. And so if I'm paying for a solution like yeah. Norton LifeLock, then my expectation is that you're going to kind of take that complexity out of my life and <laughs> into yours. Um, and so I'm always disappointed because I, I just feel like, you know, until we get to the point where uh, my generation and younger are taking privacy and security a bit more seriously than we do, um, you know, that extra layer of protection just needs to come from the companies. And clearly, in this case, it wasn't there. Yep. Afraid not. Dear, oh dear. So there's probably a lot of smashing security listeners out there who might be concerned after hearing about the data breach which recently occurred at LastPass. Now, that allowed hackers to steal customers' password vaults, and unfortunately there were parts of those password vaults which were astonishingly unencrypted. 
There's no doubt a lot of questions users are going to ask LastPass about how that could have happened and why some of that data was left in that insecure state. But one password manager that isn't making that mistake is our sponsor, Bitwarden. Customers of Bitwarden know that their vaults are entirely end-to-end encrypted with zero-knowledge encryption, including, unlike LastPass, the URLs for the websites which you have saved passwords for. You can learn more about that in the Bitwarden Help Center and at bitwarden.com slash privacy. And if you happen to be looking to switch password managers right now, well, Bitwarden makes it easy. They support importing from lots of other solutions, and there's even a LastPass migration guide available. Learn more at bitwarden.com slash migrate. That's bitwarden.com slash migrate. And stay safe. You've probably heard that organizations are experiencing increased pressure to manage digital trust at scale across multiple functions in IT. The problem is many have a lack of centralized visibility and control. And this is why companies are looking for a unified digital trust strategy. Enter DigiCert, Trust Lifecycle Manager. The Trust Lifecycle Manager from DigiCert sets a new bar for unified management of digital trust. DigiCert Trust Lifecycle Manager is a full-stack solution that unifies CA-agnostic certificate management, private PKI services, and public trust issuance for seamless digital trust infrastructure. Find out how you can implement a full-stack solution in a single pane of glass that offers superior performance, handling, and automation with a single vendor accountability. All you got to do is visit smashingsecurity.com slash digicert. That's smashingsecurity.com slash digicert. And thanks to Digicert for sponsoring the show. Hacks are happening all the time. Databases are being breached. And as we know, 80% of all breaches happen when passwords are compromised, stolen or abused. An efficient way to combat threats like these is using a privileged access management solution, or PAM. An enterprise PAM tool like Manage Engine PAM360 offers a holistic picture of all the privileged devices, users and credentials in your IT infrastructure. Manage Engine comes from Zoho, which offers IT management solutions to over 280,000 enterprises around the world, so you're in safe hands. Well, Manage Engine PAM360, fully functional, privileged access management suite, easy to adopt and implement. From managing and governing access to all your enterprise resources to automating the access management lifecycle in your organization, PAM360 does it all. And they offer great support for businesses looking to do this without making a dent in your IT budget. Learn more for yourself about Manage Engine PAM360 at smashingsecurity.com slash PAM360. That's smashingsecurity.com slash PAM360. And welcome back. And you join us on our favourite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Good man. <laughs> I remember... It's been a few years. <laughs> it's been three years, but you remember you have to say Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. <laughs> Pick of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something like could be a funny story, a book that they read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they wish. It doesn't have to be security-related necessarily. <laughs> oh, but it could be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crow, get better. 
Um, you may have heard that a chap called Elon Musk is busy breaking Twitter. Um, oh, he, yeah. His, his most recent... <laughs> oh, I don't, even, I don't even know where to his start with this one. His most recent crazy decision is to start blocking the third-party apps which actually make Twitter usable. Things yes. like Twitterific and Tweetbot and all of those things. He wants you to use the official Twitter app because that is festooned with ads and it's... Its algorithm keeps on recommending that you follow vaccine deniers and <laughs> that's, that's right, like conspiracy theorists. Far-right and, politicians. If you like Nazis, Twitter is for you. Yeah, it, it's such a turnaround because Twitter used to be such a – well, it was never a lovely place. There were plenty of arguments <laughs> right. going on. But it was seen as sort of like the liberal social media place. You know, and it, it reminds me a lot of like if Elon Musk purchased hell, right, <laughs> and then walked in and said, this is fine. But how can I make it worse? <laughs> well, he is making it worse because he's blocking all these third-party apps. He's, I can understand for, for a moment his very simplistic thinking on this. He's thinking, the more people I get to use the official app, the more people will eyeball the ads which we're making money from. Yes. The problem is that Twitter isn't just about the technology. Twitter is actually about people and content producers, people who are actually posting interesting things. And the biggest users of Twitter... I would suspect people who aren't using the official Twitter app, they, yes, they've right. gone to the effort of finding a better app to use Twitter. They're making the content which people want to read on Twitter. So stopping all of those people suddenly overnight from accessing Twitter, not a good idea. No, you know, it's funny too, is that I've been using Twitter since 2007, right? Like I was mm. part of that initial Vanguard and there has always been TweetDeck and services like that that, people have preferred to use over the main app. Uh, it, it's funny because it, I always thought it'd be a matter of time before they, yeah. they clamped down on it. It's just inter- interesting that it had to happen uh, under this guy of all, of all people. You know what I saw? I saw one person suggest what Elon Musk should have done. I, I'm sure he listens to the show. So here's a tip from us. What he should have done is this Twitter blue subscription thing he's trying to get us to pay for, you know, a, a way of paying $9 a month to prove that we're idiotic enough to care about a blue little badge. If he'd said one of the benefits is you will be able to use third-party apps, yes, I might have even actually been prepared to sign up. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not sure. Maybe. Maybe, <laughs> Maybe not. Well, I, can, I can see. So, I mean, like, so I'm torn on the Twitter blue thing, right? Because So I've always had... I've always had the leg. I've had the legacy check mark since 2013. Yes. So all of the features that he's now making available to people, I was like, okay, that 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 part is fine. But mm-hmm. it twelve dollars if you're an iOS user because he doesn't yeah. want to pay the uh, the tax seems yeah. kind of outrageous to me. Uh, you know, the other thing is that, and I'm just putting my marketing hat on for a second. You know, Twitter ads have always been terrible. Um, yes. They. I can think of maybe one or two instances since 2007 where I can point to and say, wow, that did really well. That, that was a Twitter ad campaign. But now, not only are you putting money into a service that doesn't really perform well, but you're now actively saying, I support Nazis by right. <laughs> running ads. So like, even if, even if, even if Twitter blue allowed you that third party access, I would still be a little hesitant to give this guy my money, you know? Anyway, I know that Carol will be listening to this and she'll be very <laughs> frustrated that I've hijacked the pick of the week section to talk about Twitter. The reason why <laughs> my pick of the week is not Elon Musk being an idiot. My pick of the week is an app called Spring. Spring is a highly customizable Twitter app, third party, 
which is available for iPhone, iPad, and the Apple Mac, and it hasn't been shut down yet. Interesting. And I have to say, I really like it. You don't get the ads. You don't get the promoted posts. You don't get the ghastliness of recommendations <laughs> as to who to follow, which you really don't want. But this app is like, oh, if only the official Twitter app were like this, it's really good. And they've also produced one for Mastodon as well. So that's in nice. beta at the moment. So I'm on Mastodon. I'm a big fan. I like Mastodon. I like the idea yeah. of it, and it's working well. Uh, you know, I think the, the biggest issue with Mastodon is not telling people – uh, just pointing them right to Mastodon.social. Like, I, yeah. I, feel, I feel like that would have solved 90% of the onboarding problems for them. But yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it so far. Yeah. Do you like it? Yeah. How long have you been made like the switch over? Oh, I switched over a few years ago. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So you yeah, were early. So maybe like four, but I wasn't using it very much because there was no one up there. Now that's all changed in the last yes. few months. And I have switched occasionally from instance to instance because, uh, you know, Frankly, the one I was on just got so clogged down and slow when there was this huge migration of people right. to Mastodon from Twitter when Elon Musk took over Twitter. So I have changed from time to time. But now I'm more active on Mastodon than I am on Twitter. And Same. I find it more interesting and more useful and just a nicer conversation. It's, it's so much it's so much more calmer yes. than Twitter. Because I feel like at any second on Twitter, there's there's someone waiting to take what you said out of context to make yeah. some like obtuse point and Mastodon so far anyway, like I feel like if I post something, I get much more thoughtful responses. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's, that's been nice. And I've got far, far fewer followers on Mastodon than I'd have on Twitter, but I get more engagement on Mastodon. Isn't that interesting? Yes. Well, I mean, Twitter, Twitter's always been filled with bots. I mean, it's been yeah. filled with bots since, since at least 2009 uh, with the whole Ashton Kutcher Oprah thing for uh -huh. people that remember. But yeah, so far, Mastodon, it doesn't seem to have that problem yet. Not yet. I'm sure it will come as it grows in popularity. Anyway, my pick of the week is the Spring app for iOS and Apple Mac. Um, if you do become a customer of Spring, so I paid them, I don't know, $9 or whatever it was, then you can also get an early access to Mona, their app for Mastodon, which looks identical, works brilliantly so far. Um, so I'm really impressed. And that is my pick of the week. So BJ, what's your pick of the week? Well, um, I I tend to watch bad television. Um, okay. And the reason why is simply just to escape the hell world <laughs> that we live in uh, tonight. And so I was pleasantly surprised by Tulsa King. Um, it's this goofy little gangster show with Sylvester Stallone. And anything with him when he's not punching people in the face tends to be bad. <laughs> Right, like you, you, you can track uh, good Sylvester Stallone content based on how often he punches someone in the face. And are I'm, you telling me Sylvester Stallone doesn't punch anyone in the face in Tulsa? King? Oh, he does, and it's wonderful. Okay, he does. oh, I see. It's, All right, okay. It's, it's, that's how you know it's good because if oh, you, the good ones are yeah. ones where he punches people. Yes, exactly. Okay, I understand. Right, that's the barometer. So if you watch something with Sylvester Stallone, if he does not punch someone in the first like 10, 15 minutes, you can turn it off. Uh, in this, he knocks someone right down in the first episode. It's terrific. So you know you're in for a good time, and so. Yo, I, I'm always looking for these these little little escapes. The the juxtaposition of the American West with this old school gangster who looks like he rolled out of a 1980s mobster flick uh, is just terrific. So, explain to me the premise of Tulsa King because I've never heard of this before. What's yeah. it about? 
So he is a Sylvester Stallone's a mobster who just served almost 30 years in prison and he's released. And when he comes out, the, you know, the mob that he was a part of is completely different. They don't know what to do with him. So uh basically on a lark, just to just to get rid of him, they're like, why don't you go out to Tulsa? <laughs> so it's like, what? Uh, so Oklahoma? And so he yo, it, there is so he goes and you have this character who is does not belong there, is right out of Brooklyn yeah. in the 1980s, interacting with uh, the things you would come to expect with Oklahoma. And just the, the juxtaposition of it is is very funny. It's very entertaining. Mm-hmm. And the characters are terrific. Uh, Guilfoyle from, uh, what was that called on HBO? Oh, Silicon Valley. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's also in there. And there's actually a nice, there's a really nice just to tie all back together to the show. Uh, in the season finale, he makes a reference to most hacks occur uh because of poor security hygiene uh and i thought that was really nice and really really great to hear in the tv show because that's that was it's just a really smart observation about security in general uh, but i can't i can't say enough good things about it if you're looking for a little bit of an escape uh you know if you don't have access to it use a vpn uh to, to access i don't know i don't know what the global restrictions are which to me is stupid like this is one planet let's all enjoy our content together um but if you can't access it please use a vpn to to go and check it out terrific well that just about wraps up the show for this week bj thank you very much for being our Carol terrio clone under these unusual circumstances hopefully Carol will be back uh, next week but really appreciate you stepping in it's terrific i'm sure lots of our listeners would love to hear more about stupid sexy privacy uh, yes. your podcast and the other things which you're up to what's the best way for folks to do that oh just visiting stupidsexyprivacy.com it's available where all podcasts can be found but as you know podcast discovery is a bit of a pain uh so i just send people to stupid sexy privacy it's a 24 episode mini series which is why we gladly promote smashing security throughout the show because uh, our time on the topic will end uh with episode 24 but we always prefer people come and listen to this show and listen to yourself um but yeah like like i said it's just we want to make this as simple as possible when it comes to privacy because it's so so much of the discussions on a high intellectual level and we wanted to bring it down into the dirt uh (laughs) where everyone could enjoy it fantastic well thank you very much for that and you, if you are a Nazi, you can follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Smash Insecurity. No G, twouldn't last a G. We also have a Mastodon account. The easiest way to find it is go to smashinsecurity.com slash Mastodon, and that'll take you straight there. And you can also look up the Smash Insecurity subreddit as well. And don't forget to ensure you never miss another episode. Follow Smash Insecurity in your favourite podcast apps, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Thanks as well to our episode sponsors, Bitwarden, Digicert, and Manage Engine Pam360, and to our lovely supporters on Patreon and Apple Podcasts as well. Thanks to them, this show is free. For episode show notes, sponsorship information, guest lists, and much, much more, check out smashingsecurity.com. Until next time, cheerio, bye-bye. Farewell. Toodaloo. Pip-pip. Pip, pip, that's nice. I haven't heard that in forever. Yeah, we need a bit more of that. Pip, pip. pip, pip. pip, pip. <laughs>